Welcome to the Embrace Podcast. I'm Andrea, and by tuning in, you'll hear both encouraging and entertaining stories of faith from my circle of friends, Christian authors, and experts in the fitness industry. For listening today, I'd like to offer one month free to my daily workout program with code EmbracePodcast at EmbraceMovement.com. That's EmbraceMVMNT.com. Testing one, two, one, two. Is this thing on? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, hey guys, it's Andrea, and usually I have some fun interviews. And if you guys have been listening along and you know have your favorites, go ahead and throw those in the comments because I have just been hearing so much good feedback from uh, my friends on here and um, just liking to get to know different. Um, people that we've had on and we've had crazy stories you guys we've had Christian authors um, people that are leading Bible studies and just honestly know a ton about the word and the history of the church but then we've had some of my friends that are you know fitness friends that also you know dive into their favorite Bible verse or kind of what God is teaching them right now so loving those episodes too I would say one of the top favorites that I've seen um, that people have commented on is one on (laughs) sleep training and just trying to um, maintain new new parenthood for Pete and I Um, and when we first had James that episode kind of blew up because it was so vulnerable and real and sleep deprived might I add (laughs) Um, quite a season James is you know seven months now so it's been a whirlwind but I remember scheduling those first episodes in the beginning and people would say Oh, okay, so when should we meet? And don't don't you have a newborn? I'm like, uh-huh. And they're like, how old's your baby? I'm like, three weeks old. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was just cracking up scheduling these things because I was like, mama gotta work, you know? I got some dreams, I got some goals. Gotta keep, uh, keep chugging along. Um, but now, you know, it's been a cool year. So guys, we have 18 episodes. They're all being released this summer. We're almost at the end of the first season and we're going to take a break from filming and, and putting them out. Um, and then we'll have some new episodes that are going to be released in the fall. So, um, check back in with us. I, I like that. It's fun to be like, all right, go, 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 go. Every Monday they've been released. And then, you know, we'll take a, a bit of a break and um, and then we'll feel fresh again and people will go all right I want to tune in to season two um, so this one you know I'm just interviewing myself I've got a bunch of questions that came in this morning on my DMs this is what my day was like this morning okay I got up at six I played with my baby from six to eight and then I put him down and I thought okay I'm gonna journal a little bit I'm gonna get in the word that's a fancy way to say read the Bible real quick <laughs> Um, And then I'm going to ask the internet what they want to hear about. Got some questions back, made some coffee, had a bunch of negative thoughts about how I'm like not good at anything and that no one wants to hear my episodes. Oh, that was rough. Then I drank a lot of coffee and I had some positive affirmations. (laughs) Um, And then I had, uh, you know, some anxiety about the baby waking up and what if I should have started half an hour ago instead of doing all that stuff. Um, and then I had some more positive affirmations and then I plus record. So here we are, um, sipping coffee over here, taking it black because I'm a New Yorker. <laughs> and I'm looking through these questions and it cracked me up because the first one said, are you ever going to compete again? And I'm like, mm, oh, why do we always get this question? I want to be relevant, but I'm not. So the answer is no. I, I honestly, I don't know if I would ever compete in the CrossFit Games again or try or compete uh, or train to compete again. 
but it's not a simple answer, you guys. It's loaded. And I have about 25 reasons. <laughs> but I would say the main one is I know what it took for all those years to compete and to train to compete. And and I'm realistic. I'm realistic in the sense of not wanting to lead people on, but also not wanting to lead myself on because I gave so much of my life to this sport, you guys. And I don't regret it at all. Like that was, those were the years. Like those are the years that made me who I am today in a big part of it and why I love fitness and why I love combining faith and fitness. And and honestly, it had a lot to do with how I grew in, in my faith and I matured as a woman too. So, um, you know, thanks for hearing my soapbox on that. But honestly, you know, I had a back injury in 2017 um, I was out of the game season that year after competing and getting fourth in the world alongside Team Dynamics in 2016. And so um, that took a quite quite a while for me to recover. I think if I could have bounced back from that, I would have definitely kept competing individual or team over the next three or four years. Um, but you guys, I competed um, pretty much at that like professional level where I had sponsors that were that were paying me to keep you know traveling and competing and um, posting and all that stuff um, from 2009 until 2000 the end of 2016. So that was seven years of my life where I was you know regionals was my Christmas of the year. The CrossFit Games was my you know Christmas plus I guess where you get to unwrap all the presents and cash in all your hard work. Um, and each year I just had so much fun throwing down, meeting new athletes, training with new athletes, getting better each and every year. Um, and now I see where the athletes are now and I'm amazed. I'm like, let's go. I am some of these guys' biggest fans, especially my friends that I had before that are still competing. I want to give some of them a shout out. You know, one of our, one of our questions was, why don't you ever talk about CrossFit anymore? So you know what? I'm going to talk about some CrossFit. So let's go ahead and talk about who's competing right now. One of my favorites is Carrie Beamer. If you listened to her episode that was on last week on Embrace Podcast, she talked about, um, you know, making it to the games again. She was a one-time individual athlete. And then her fiance, Mitchell, had also made it um, a different year, 18 and 19. And then they made it together this year after COVID and fighting everything that there was in the world last year of should I still compete? Gyms are all getting closed down. What am I doing this for? All those questions that can go through your head. And honestly, I think the people that are competing now that stuck through that time, I'm like, let's give them a slow clap. You know what I'm saying? Like it could not have been easy to go, all right, why am I back in the gym? Why am I focusing on training? No one's here. The whole world has taken a year off <laughs> to rest their brain and read about news and stress out from their apartments. <laughs> but um, but here I am, you know, training for maybe the games if there ever can be a CrossFit Games again. And so, you know, Carrie talked about that on the last episode and how that was hard for her and how she had to let go of perfection and kind of went through a season of just um, you know, keeping with it and, and working on her weaknesses, but also qualifying with her fiance, getting to compete on um, Team CrossFit, I love it, with her gym over there in 
the Northwest and how that's gone for her. And she's someone that has come back from injuries and, and really just showed that she has the heart of a competitor. And it's just so cool to watch her. I was super bummed, you guys. I saw that Christian Harris, one of my teammates from the 2016 CrossFit Games, he lives here in Long Island. He's a fellow New Yorker. I mean, he was born and raised here, so he's more of a New Yorker than I am. But I live in the city, so I kind of take that, um, you know, as kind of a... <laughs> I don't know, like a little badge of honor, I guess. But I was so bummed because he was on an awesome team. Um, move fast, lift heavy. They were doing great things. I was keeping track of them. And then one of his teammates got popped for, um, you know, uh, peds. So that sucks, honestly. I mean, you just work so freaking hard and then someone takes an illegal substance and it just ends your season. So they qualified. They made it the games. They will not be competing. That was one of the biggest deals for me. Pete and I talk about that all the time. We're like, oh, Christian Harris is so great. We're so, we were so pumped to see him throw out a 315 pound snatch, you know, easily, um, you know, maybe a couple doubles in there. Um, but you know, won't happen this year. And, you know, he's rocking the white hair. He's a black dude. He kind of reminds me of Cisco right now. If you want to follow his programming, train with CH. I just want to plug that in. Um, and then also, you guys, we've got to talk about the what's going on in Las Vegas. Like, athletes are flocking there. It almost seems like there's all these isolated people that were training for the games alone. And then, you know, a lot of maybe their training partners or whoever moved on and weren't competing anymore. And then they were like, hey, let's all go to Vegas and train with my old coach from New York City, Justin Kotler. He is running the Underdogs Athletics and it has been so cool to see that one by one, they have just made this like amazing group of people that are getting together and yeah, they're training like underdogs. Like they've got something to prove. And I thought that was so cool that Carrie Pierce went out there. She is someone that I just love. I'm a super fan of Carrie. She's a sweet, sweet girl. She um, also lived in Manhattan here. We used to train together uh, after the 26, during and after the 2016 season of mine. Um, and then we had Bible studies over here with me and my neighbors. And I invited her one time. And you guys, she lived in Manhattan. She would come into Queens. She'd be rolling out and like massaging her quads and stuff like that from a, a day of hard work. And she'd be sitting here in our kitchen talking about Jesus with me and my friends and going through the word and praying together. And then she would like spend the night. We'd blow up the air mattress and I'd be like, all right, Carrie's my new roommate basically. <laughs> No, but that happened enough times to just, you know, be memorable. And then we all went to the regionals and cheered her on and um, made shirts and stuff. And guys, it was just so fun. So I'm thinking about Carrie. Carrie, if you're listening, um, you know, I'm rooting you on. I'm so happy that you moved to Las Vegas. You've got a bunch of awesome training partners. And I'm just so pumped for you. You guys, it is not easy, you know, competing that many years, but also being at the top. I mean, Carrie was the sixth uh, you know, fittest person on earth several times. She was the top American several years in a row. And last year, only five people even made it to the CrossFit Games because of COVID. And here she was one of them and did great. So, you know, I'm cheering her on, but she's someone that has worked a lot on her front squat, squat clean, thruster movements. And I know it's kind of weird to say that, I guess, just picking out some of her weaknesses that have gotten a lot better, but she's a gymnast. You guys, D1 national all-American gymnast. And she, you know, has strengths like strict handstand push-ups, bar muscle-ups, anything to do with a freaking bar, you know? But then she had some weaknesses. 
And so it's been so cool to see her dial in on her weightlifting and see where that can go. Anyways, enough about Carrie. Let's talk about her friends. So she goes down there with Justin Kotler and Ashley Kotler, and they're like, all right, let's do this. And they go to this humongous gym. And then all of a sudden, Bethany Shadron shows up and is like, me too. And then, you know, I don't know the exact story behind this, guys. I'm just kind of seeing this on social media. And then there's a girl named Danielle Brandon. She's this tall girl. I don't know her. But she's got tats everywhere. She's throwing around these 100-pound D-balls and sandbags like nothing. I'm like, who is this girl? Then I see her with a weight vest doing a, you know, a legless rope climb. And I'm like, all right, she's legit. Um, And so, you know, all these people are qualifying for the games from that same gym in Vegas. And my sister lives out there. And I'm like, would I ever go visit my sister and then just throw down with these guys? I'm like, I would be pretty intimidated by that. But I'm sure it would be that energy that would just make you want to get back into it. It would just make you want to give your best, even if your best is like garbage. Because you're like, oh, I'm so roped into this. Let's have some fun. Um, And then I'm driving with Pete the other day. He goes, yeah, you know who moved to Vegas was Tommy Hackenbrook. And I'm like, what? I mean, no offense, love Tommy, but I'm like, that guy's still competing? Like literally probably started CrossFit in the 90s. No, I'm just joking, but I I mean, maybe. This guy is huge, like he's monster, okay? From Utah, always known for, you know, getting him on a bike and making those calories burn, 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 okay? He can throw on rates. He's a, he's a deadlifting, pressing, bench press, um, you know, squat, clean, snatch monster. But I'm like, this guy can still keep up with the field? Good job, Tommy. And so I'm not sure what happened to his gym. If you guys are kind of more know about that, you know, send, send in the comments, you know, write me, write me a DM and kind of give me some more info. I might reach out to him just so he knows that gave him a massive shout out, but I'm impressed. The last time I competed with Tommy Hackenbrook was um, back in the one of the first Granite Games. I competed in the 2013, 2014, 2015 CrossFit um, Granite Games. Now it's a qualifier for the games. Um, I was just excited back then to go to St. Cloud, Minnesota, because St. Cloud was where Charlie St. Cloud was made. I don't know if you guys know that reference, but it was a movie, Charlie St. Cloud, and it was great. And Tearjerker saw it in theaters. I mean, what more do I need to say? It was about a boy who played baseball. His brother tragically died. Zac Efron was starring in it. Then he has like a ghost brother and they still become best friends. They play baseball in the woods, you know, with his ghost brother. I mean, it was, it was, he falls in love. Okay. So now I just need you guys to go watch that. But that's why I wanted to go to the first St. Cloud, (laughs) the first Granite Games, because I wanted to visit that town and see the magic. But anyways, so yeah, I got fifth overall out of like 50 amazing competitors in 2013. I was like, let's go. 2014 came around. I got six, got pushed out of the, you know, that top five spot. Came back in 2015. I don't remember what what place I got, but I had a blast. And so I always look at those and I'm like, who qualified from there? Um, and that's definitely what I've um, been keeping track with is, is just that area and who's kind of qualifying from uh, to the games this year. So we've got the 2021 games coming up next week. It's going to be awesome. I think you guys should uh, stay tuned. There's many ways to watch and you can always, what I always do is I just follow the at CrossFit Games Instagram and I just watch their highlights and they're posting like every five minutes, they've got another highlight reel and I'm like, dang, okay, I feel like I'm there. So, you know, I'm going to do that. So I recommend you guys do it too. 
Um, and then one of our one of our questions was really super random. It was like, um, what was your favorite workout? Um, what was your favorite endurance workout in training? So that was, you know, I could go anywhere with that because out of, you know, all those years of competing, I would say one of my one of my faves was just doing things outside of the box. When I was living in Colorado, I um, took up some bike riding. I'm not a great bike rider, honestly. I'm a great swimmer, swam my whole life, did triathlons and stuff. I'm a great runner, ran in college. Um, you know, not as much distance stuff as I did sprinting and hurdles and jumps. But, um, but I love to run and I love to swim. So had to take up the bike to get into triathlon stuff and sprint tries. But then when I was training for the games, I loved the challenge of just going, you know what, I'm feeling some confidence in these endurance races and can't wait for these to come up. And, you know, at the games, they always throw in those events where you're running up the stairs and you have to run back down the stairs and come in, run around the stadium, get to high five all the, all the fans. And then you run in and, um, you know, do a rope climb and then go back with your team and lift heavy weights, get on a rower. Like those endurance workouts where you still, you throw in some high skill, you throw in some heavy weights, and then you go back to being tortured on the stairs at the stadium. Those were my favorite. Um, I'm thinking right now about training with Camille LeBlanc Bazinet. Camille Baz, she's my fellow mom right now. We had a baby in the same year, which was kind of cool. 2020 babies, you know. Um, she had a baby that was a preemie. And then ended up, you know, surviving and just doing so, so well and getting back all this weight. Just like a miracle story, honestly. Tune into her. Um, Cammy, shout out. So we were training and uh, we were at the Boulder Reservoir. And this is just one of my most memorable workouts with her was this endurance workout we did. It was like five rounds of 500 meter swim. Okay. Like you're in the water for a minute, you guys. And we were going in a big circle. And at first I said, okay, I'm going to do the whole thing freestyle. No, like second round, I was like, all right, we're going to be doing breaststroke because I can't breathe. But I've been swimming since I was 12. So I've been swimming my whole life. Cammy was like, all right, I need to practice my swimming. So she made up this workout. And then after we swam this big loop at Boulder Reservoir, then we went out to this dock that was, you know, in the middle of, of the, the lake. And it was, um, and then we had to do 15 burpees. Okay. So She's like five foot nothing. No, I'm just kidding. But she's really short. So she's doing burpees and I'm like, I'm so tall. I feel really tall right now. These are taking me forever, but I would just dive into the water and just um, get as much distance between me and her as I could. And I had so much fun, but five rounds of that. I mean, you're going for a minute. I don't remember how long it took us, probably like 30 minutes or something. Um, but so that's probably one of my favorites. Um, that was probably back in 20. 2016, 2015 games training times. Um, but yeah, so then another one was, why'd you cut your hair? Love these random comments. I cut my hair. Um, I love it. I always had long hair my whole life. I feel like it's more flippy, you know, got some more volume in there. And um, I don't know, for you guys that have short hair, you get it. Like, yeah, it's hard to keep up in a, you know, ponytail, but it like, it's easier to wash, easier to dry. I don't know. I, I think it's cute. People say, are you going to grow your hair back long again? Mm, probably not. I love short hair. I just feel like it's um it's easier to tease, easier to keep some volume in there. So yeah, I'm rocking the short hair for a bit. But you know, I'm like, is this a mom hairdo? Like, should I grow my hair long so I can look cute? I don't know. I'm doing the side part. I, I did the side part for a long time. Now I'm doing the middle part, aka nobody cares about this. But somebody asked. And so I'm answering it for the one. I'm answering it for that one person. <laughs> Just so you guys know. Um, okay, so, you know, another question. This one was cool. This one was cool because I see the heart behind it, 
but it seems random, but it's like, you know, let's, let's, let's dive into this. This is going to be our last question that I, I answer. So this was a write-in from someone named Jacob. And I really wanted to see if this person was genuine or not about it. I couldn't really tell if it was sarcastic. It's kind of hard to tell over the old DN. Um, but it says, are you a born again Christian or something? So I was like, or something. I mean, I, <laughs> yes, biblically, yes. But I mean, there's so many parts to that answer. Like there's so many parts of that question too. So I checked out his, his Instagram and I was like, okay, I think, I think this was genuine. It wasn't just like making fun of me or something, but I was like, Jacob, if you're out there and you are out there cause you messaged me, but if you're, if you're out there listening on podcast world, this one's for you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult question just because I grew up in the church and so anytime when you've considered yourself a Christian your whole life, you you want to ask God, God, when did I become a Christian? And for me, I'm like, was it when I was baptized when I was a baby? Was it when I was maybe seven and I started liking to go to church? Was it when I was 15 and I was kind of old enough to make those decisions spiritually for myself? Or was it when I was 25 after you know going out and being in college and being in the world and then all of a sudden I was like, bam, you know, started really growing in my faith, had this huge growth spurt. Well, I would say that some people might say, oh yeah, it was when you were 25. Like that's when you got saved. That's when it really started meaning something to you. That's when you really started following Jesus. And I, and I hear that I'm, I'm here for it. But then at the same time, I don't want to discredit the special time I had with Jesus when I was younger, um, back when I was serving at church or when I was in prayer. I'm like, well, what is that, you know, stuff like that doesn't mean anything because I was too young. I mean, I don't believe that. And so, you know, I will ask God when I get to heaven and, and I'm sure he'll say, it doesn't matter now. We're all here together. Maybe I won't even care about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, biblically, if you are following Jesus and you love Christ and you're living your life for God, meaning you are on mission, you trust him with your life. Um, when you have a problem, you go to the Bible for your answers. Um, when you know you you have friends that are Christian, you guys are kind of in the in the walk together. Um, I, I do believe that when you put it into your lifestyle and make God a part of it and invite him into every part, your marriage, your job, your fitness, your you know athletic achievements, your goals, uh, your mundane, even the small parts of my life I want God to be in. Um, when you do that, it, there is something that changes. And, and I would say honestly that before when I was younger, I didn't really know how to do that because no one really ever taught me how to do it. And if they did, I wasn't listening. But now I, I would say I'm, I'm just better at um, you know wanting to mature. And I wasn't a bad person before, but I wasn't holy. I didn't have holiness in my mind and in my goals and and now I do. So there is a big difference there, right? And I think that's part of maturing. But um but yes, yeah, so I you know, I am a Christian. I love Jesus. That's why we have a a Christian podcast and um I love interviewing people that are at all different parts of their journey. And actually one of the girls we we interviewed really reminded me of where I was um not too long ago, you know, several years back where she was just kind of getting into reading the Bible and just learning about her faith and learning about God. And it all seems so fresh and so new to her. And I just, 
I was marveling at it, honestly, because I was like, oh, that was just such a cool time because God was just exponentially growing your faith from the inside out. It wasn't just you choosing it. It was God also growing all these seeds that had been planted. So it was a, a beautiful season to go through. Um, but yeah, some of the, the mile markers or like, you know, like landmarks in my faith were times of really growing. And I would say when I first started CrossFit, it was so all consuming that I really did focus on that. That was kind of my my goal for a long, long time, um, which can be distracting. Although I still attended church services as I was competing and I, um, I kind of remained a baby Christian, if, if I can say that, you know, I, I would write in my journal and I would pray, but I didn't really know how to apply my faith to the rest of my life. And so I guess I kind of got stuck there. I had never read the Bible before. And that was something that was really intimidating to me. And I always told myself, oh, it's because I don't know, you know, I don't have time for it. But really, it really, I started noticing it really did intimidate me because I had no clue where to start. I had no idea what I was going to read. I had no idea if I was going to understand it. I knew that I should because everyone told me at church that I should, but I, I didn't, I didn't have that skill. I didn't, I wasn't comfortable there. And I, I honestly, maybe this is part of my OCD-ness. Maybe this is a part of my perfectionism, but like, I don't like doing things I'm uncomfortable doing. I don't like doing things I'm not going to be good at. And so it will keep me from, you know, even getting better and growing where I want to grow if I don't dive in and just start. So that's a that's a lesson in itself. But um, yeah, I, I met a, a woman that mentored me in 2013, and I was actually at a uh, a weightlifting event, um, an American weightlifting uh, qualifier, and I had qualified in my weight class, and I was competing. And she was running a booth. She was running a faith booth. They were giving out Bibles and stuff. And she said, oh, are you, do you go to church? And are you into this kind of stuff? And I said, yeah, but that's all I wanted. I didn't want anything more. I was like, I don't like talking about it. This is uncomfortable for me. In my head, I was like, sure, I'll take one of these Bibles, maybe a sticker or something, give me a bookmark and let me be on my way. I've got goals and things to do. Um, but then she followed up with me and she saw me the next day and she said, oh, hey, uh, our friend is going to share his testimony and he's an athlete too and he's a coach and is competing in snatch and clean and jerk today and in this calligraphy, this, you know, weight class, come watch him. And, you know, I was like, okay, what's a testimony? And I thought in my head, I guess he's going to tell a story, but I didn't really want to ask her because I was like embarrassed. I didn't really know what a testimony was. And I'm like, okay, um, I'll go to that. And so I was with my, my guy friend that actually I had been writing program for, for two years. And so I'm like, okay, I'm with my friend and I'm going to bring, uh, can I bring my friend? And she's like, sure, anyone can come. It's, he's just going to be on one of these stages and we're going to, you know, try to fill the seats. So I get there and there's like 10 people there. And basically he ends up sharing these verses and sharing this story and what he thought was going to be this amazing story of how he did well and he snatched well that day and he competed and you know maybe even one is his his uh um weight class that day like he had previously he actually had this story that was the opposite he had actually missed and failed out of all of his snatches that day and was talking about how that has to do with his faith and how he's coming from a place of humility instead of a place of pride and how it totally switched but if that's what god wanted for him to share his testimony in a place of that instead of a place of victory, then like, then he wanted to be, you know, he just wanted to give God glory still, even though he didn't have a good day training. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that spoke so loudly to me. Cause I was like, wow, this sucks. Like I can't imagine telling that story. And you know, it's not from a place of victory where when you're an athlete, you think of people on the podium and you want to hear from people on the podium and you want to hear from people that are the best. 
And so, yeah, I learned, I learned a lot and I, I met her and her friends and I thought, okay, that was nice. And then she, the next day I saw her again, there was a huge snowstorm and we were all stuck there in Dallas. And she said, oh, let's work out. So we worked out together. And then I said, oh, I haven't told anybody this, but I'm actually moving from LA to Colorado next week. And she said, I live in Colorado. And I said, no way. And she said, yeah, you're going to be my new best friend. And I thought, okay, that's weird, but fine. I need a new best friend. And so well, that's what happened. So she's, she basically, once I had moved, I had left the SoCal competition season, uh, uh, regionals, and I had moved to the Southwest region. That was the year they combined regionals. And so they were combining with Texas and South America and New Mexico and all those places too. So it was, you know, a more difficult region than it ever had been. And then I joined it. Anyways, we trained together. We spent a lot of time together. I started doing a Bible study with her that I really enjoyed. I invited my sister and one of my friends to do it, who is a American weightlifter, um, gold medalist. I mean, she's an amazing athlete too. And so she started mentoring me, my sister, and my friend Jess. And gosh, it was such a special time. And I say that to describe this growth spurt because I know it was from God. I know that that's what God had planned for my life. I know that as hard as it was for me to go to a place where I didn't know as much and I wasn't going to do extremely well, I was learning everything, I didn't know how to read the Bible, but we were reading the Bible, it was a sharpening season for me. So then, um, you know, and I can say this as, you know, just I'm really proud of it, but that was 2013 going into the 2014 season, and then by the time we had been in a Bible study for a year and a half, May 2015, I got baptized, and that was... Not to say that I was leaving one faith, you know, grew up in the Catholic faith and, and ended up, you know, just becoming a Christian that wanted to celebrate, basically. It wasn't me leaving something and going to the other, honestly. At the time, it was, I want this to be my wedding ring with the God, and I want it to show that this is where I really grew in my faith a lot. This is where I really kind of gave my life to God in a different way than I ever had before. This is where I learned so much about God and I just wanted to mark that season of my life. So my wedding ring was basically me getting baptized so that when I had a hard time, um, you know, in life, like we all do, or in spiritual, in our spiritual worlds, like we all do, if I was going through a valley instead of a mountaintop, that I could look back at this baptism day and remember that I was so, so fulfilled with Christ and I was so in love with God and I was so happy to learn about him and spend time with him. Even going through hard times, I've looked back at that season and it has been encouraging for me. And I am glad that I got baptized. Do I believe that I need to get baptized to be saved? No, I don't believe that. <laughs> Do I believe that, you know, it was a good thing I got baptized because it gave me all this confidence and it helped me tell a story um, for people that maybe were baptized when they were a baby and, and here they are getting baptized again as an adult believer? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was incredible and I, I was really ready for it. However, I was a little embarrassed by it because I felt like, oh, well, I'm already a believer. It's not like this is new. And so I didn't really tell anybody. And, and it took me a long time to really start talking about it. And I was a little, I was a little embarrassed when I started telling the story, but eventually it became more natural for me. Um, so got baptized in May 2015, right before regionals. And I couldn't really see where I was growing. And this is, I guess, really taking this tangent too far, but this is the last thing I'll say about it. I couldn't really see how much I had grown. But just like in CrossFit, when you start CrossFit, you do a bunch of benchmarks. Then in three months, you end up doing them again and you go, oh my gosh, I did, you know, I did Fran or I did, you know, my, I tested my mile or I did this X, Y, and Z workout. 
did when I started, I didn't do well, but now I'm doing so much better, I'm so much fitter. You need those benchmarks in life to show you a mirror of what you've, where you've come and how far you've gotten. And for me, I went to the 2015 regionals two weeks after I got baptized and it was a world of difference, you guys. I am telling you, 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, those were years where I competed and this was my attitude. When I stepped out on the floor, I said, I got myself here. I got myself this far. I did all the work. I came from the bottom. I didn't even know how to do a pull-up and now I can do 55, whatever, you know? Butterfly pull-ups, I mean, I was just like, this is how hard I've worked and I earned all these medals. I earned all these um, these these championships, you know, that I would fly all over the country to compete against these girls that I that I hated. Uh, to be honest, I wanted to beat them. I told myself in my training sessions that these were my enemies. You know, that's how I that's how I did so well. As I a lot of it was being fueled by anger. But, um, anyways, the difference was in 2015 after being baptized. Oh my gosh, I started seeing the timestamp. I started seeing that my faith had grown so much, and the difference was me being truly grateful. I got a text message from a friend and he had said, Hey, Andrea, you know, thanks for coaching me this year in um, this comp class that I was teaching. And he said, we're so proud of you going to go compete at regionals. He said, don't forget when you're out there that there are so many people in the stands that wish they were in your shoes. And I saw that and normally you guys, I would have just taken it as a normal text. And I, I would have just, you know, okay, thanks. And just gone on my way. But that, that struck me, and I obviously can still remember it today, but I don't remember a lot of my text messages I've gotten in my life. But I thought, oh my gosh, he's right. And I thought about it every single event. I wanted to like pray while I was on the competition floor. I wanted to thank God. Every time I crossed the finish line, I was like so grateful that I just, it brought me to emotion. Instead of thinking, I did this, I got myself here, I should be glorified. I just wanted to glorify God. I just kept thinking, I can't believe God that you chose me out of all of these people. There's thousands of stand of people in the stands here watching me step out and get nervous on the starting line and then go and do my thing and compete. And you chose me to get to be in my shoes. And why did I'm not worthy of this? I didn't deserve this, but you gave this to me and I'm so lucky. And I saw it too afterwards and how I how I acted normally if I didn't win or qualify for the games, I would kind of just be bummed, honestly. I would I would not say hi to any of the fans. I would not say, I would not take my picture with anybody. I would just be pissed off. And I would say, how would these, why are these people in a line for me? They don't even know how hard it, hurt, it hurts to not make it to the games. But instead that year, you know, I got, in 2015, I got, um, I got eighth out of, you know, however many women that were, that made it to that level and only five got to go that year. And so I could have been bummed and been like, I didn't qualify again as an individual competitor. Ah, what is the problem? What do I need to do in my training to make it? But instead I stood around for an hour and a half after my last event, the final, and I took pictures with fans and I smiled at them and I genuinely was happy to be there and I enjoyed the experience and I got to meet all these little kids, signed autographs, I signed shoes and weightlifting belts and I'm like, why am I doing this? And this is so fun. I've missed out all these years that I took myself so seriously that I couldn't even be a good competitor. I couldn't be, a, you know, I couldn't see the big picture and here I was getting to see the big picture and so that was a 
big year for me. 2015 was huge. And I can carry on in a different season of this, you know, a different episode. So, you know, you can hear about it later because um, obviously this story progresses. But yeah, I would say that before I was a, a new believer or a baby Christian. And then all that happened was I became to really grow in my faith and become really strong. I cared about it more. Um, and that, yeah, I don't, I don't know what... Uh, exactly was the big thing for me but I know that my mentor that she really taught me how to utilize my faith and she equipped me so that I could talk about it and she helps me be able to not only share my story but also understand what I believe so very thankful to her um Becky Kozman little little shout out um and uh, this is also just part of that story but that guy that I took to the the weightlifting thing that was my friend Shay he ended up getting baptized last year in 2020 so um he hit kind of a, a high a low and a high in his life and um yeah he was about to get married and I think he married a a strong believer in Tennessee and he I saw him in the river getting baptized and I'm like like you know five years after I got baptized I'm like wow this is cool like really cool it's all in God's timing but anyways, so this is a quote from Embrace Movement. They came out with this today. One of our designers, I uh, love this quote. Um, and she just wrote, sometimes one landmark helps us find our way when we are lost. Even though our location hasn't changed, things become clear when we fix our eyes on the right thing. And for me, that was the biggest difference was me fixing my eyes on Jesus and it changing everything. Yeah, so that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Go Jesus. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I know this was a long episode and um, we'll go back to interviewing other people. If you guys want more like this, let me know. Um, you know, this is for you guys, for our listeners. And, you know, we could do Q and A's. You guys can send me stuff on DMs. I could come up with questions to answer or you guys can, you know, ask me or, you know, or I can just keep telling them this kind of evolving faith story that's been a little bit about my life. And, um, you know, eventually meeting Pete, getting married, having this baby. One of my friends the other day cracked me up. He said to me, um, Andrea, I don't know how you captured people with being a top games competitor and then kept them going with your personality and you're still entertaining people by now being a, like a stay-at-home mom that like runs her own business. I mean, he goes, but you're doing it. I don't know how you did it, but <laughs> you've, you've, you know, it was impossible, but here you are doing the impossible. It kind of cracked me up. I'm like, I guess being a mom is kind of boring, but for me, it's super fun and it's just the next stage I'm in and I, and I love taking people along for the journey. So... All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I'm out. Bye. We are a women's program that helps build a daily routine around Bible study, prayer, and fun fitness workouts. Get a month free with code EMBRACEPODCAST.